Hello, friends. First off, I want to wish everyone a very happy new year. Here's to wishing that 2021 doesn't suck as much as 2020. It's been a while since the last episode, so I want to give a few quick updates. I'm going to be abandoning the season format with my podcast. I don't publish often enough to get a consistent theme and series together. But that said, I plan on continuing to interview my amazing friends to share their stories in hopes that their lessons are applicable to your life. I've had such a fun time starting this podcast, and I learned so much in the process um, and also from all of my guests. I won't delve into that here, uh, but if you're interested, jump over to my other blog, uh, timchung.blog, and you can read all about my experiences there. Also, I want to thank everyone who tuned in. I've been so overwhelmed by the love and support since I've launched, and I want to give a very special thanks to my wife who listened to every episode pre- and post-production. I also have to give a huge thanks to today's guest. She was instrumental with her feedback, inspiration, and encouragement to getting this podcast launched. And turning to today's episode, I'm speaking with one of my oldest friends, Geraldine. I've known her for nearly 25 years, and I can safely say that she is such a unique soul with a wide variety of personal and professional interests. This intro that I'm about to give won't do justice to Geraldine's actual experience, but to give a short bio, Jer started her professional career in fashion as a merchant. She's held a variety of positions since then, and I'd say she's made a name for herself as a community builder, including her time as a community strategist for one of the biggest names in EDM, the one and only Cascade. For the past few years, Jer has poured herself into the cannabis world, helping companies develop their brands. She's the founder of her own brand consultancy, The Art and Times of Chill, and the host of the podcast, Amplify Your Chill. We talk only about a few of those interests, which is why I hope to get her back on again soon. In this episode, she talks about how she trusts her intuition to set and follow her goals, and she highlights the importance of effective communication and collaboration to move towards those goals. She gives a brief but thoughtful introduction to the cannabis world, making me personally much more curious about the space. She quickly let me know, in the nicest way possible, that there's more to the space than just smoking pot, which sadly was how I broached the conversation. Jer shares a lot of references throughout the conversation, and I'll share links to them in the show notes. To learn more about what she's up to, please follow her on Instagram. I promise you that she will inspire you. Her handle is ohmygeege, O-H-H-M-Y-G-E-E-G. Please enjoy my conversation with Geraldine May Cueva. I'm here with my very good friend, Geraldine May Cueva. Thanks for being on the show today, Jer. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy too. Ever since I started thinking about doing a podcast, I have been really excited about the idea of interviewing you um, for so many reasons. Number one, of course, because you're such a close friend to me. We've known each other for like almost 25 years at this oh point. Oh my God, yeah. Um, but, and, and in addition to that, um, you just got so many things going on. Um, we have so many common interests, but also just so many things that I want to learn from you about. And where I want to start is just on logistics. Um, given all the things that you've got going on, what tools, processes, um, hacks do you have going on just to like stay organized and keep producing all the things that you're producing? Um, well, thank you so much, Tim, for, ha for having me. You know, I'm, I've just been so... Uh, 
uh, inspired by how quickly you got your podcast up. So it really also uh, empowered me when I was stuck and like holding on to mine. So, you know, I, I'm so happy to be a guest on the show. So thanks for asking me. Um, as So I'm Geraldine. And, you know, as far as uh, what I do to keep on track and to stay organized, I mean, lately, I honestly think that the biggest tool that I have is my intuition. <laughs> I think like intuitively, I call the, you know, I say it's like my gut check, you know, like, what's my gut telling me, you know, there's like a priorities list that is like, you know, aligned with timing and deadlines. But then there's also this like intuitive feeling of, you know, where am I feeling the most compelled to dive into, you know, like client work is one thing. And that's just like an everyday thing. That's almost like my nine to five, even though, you know, I make my own schedule. But um, there's a lot of things in order for me to get a lot of the stuff that I want to get done. You know, a lot of it has to do with like collaborations and relationships. So making sure that I'm putting even my own hundred percent, hundred ten percent energy into that is really important because the minute that I start getting other people involved, like, you know, like I know not to waste their time. It's so much easier for me to waste my own time than it is for me to do that to somebody else, you know? There's that and, you know, more of the organizational thing. You know, I think from my Google Cal, I have things color coded, labeled in my inbox. And this is not to say that I have a zero inbox all the time, but yeah. at least I know like these are high priority. This is sort of important. This is like start and maybe I'll get back to it later. Um, you know, I feel like people do have to, from my personal life, I feel like people do have to chase me a little bit, but I try mm, to prioritize <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do try to prioritize, um, you know, when people like need me, um, probably, probably sometimes by default. And uh, I, I, I'll, I, if I want to go back to myself, I always have to ask my intuition. So that's my biggest organizational tool, you know, like I have to actually look at how long is it going to take me to do something? And that always is, uh, I honestly, I, I can't even gauge that certain things, uh, it, it's always like it always takes longer than you think it oh you know so it's just like allotting the, even just the energy for that to understand like oh wow I, I didn't know that like that was gonna take me longer than expected and you know as far as an organizational tool like that's definitely something that I just have to be as flexible with myself as possible sometimes because there's so many things that I'm doing that you know, I don't have a reference tool. I don't have someone to just be like, how did you do that? You know, even if it's my client work, I don't really, um, I have to just be open-minded to being able to ask as many questions as possible. And, you know, leaving room for that is part of the process. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, I, I hope that answers the question, you know, but for me, like it's intuitiveness. It's how does it actually fit in my schedule? Does it work with the actual timing needed with existing things that I can't change and then the things that I actually want to do. And yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have to, I, I, but it, but for me, a lot of stuff comes from feeling. So I really have to make room for that, you know? Um, yeah. There's so many threads there that we can pull on. Um, <laughs> yeah. when, when you started talking about your calendar, I immediately thought back to like, um, our eighth grade history teacher, oh, Mr. Saber. Shout out to Carl, Carl Sandberg Middle School, Carl Mr. Saber, and like the 50 different pens and like the colors that you and uh, our, our mutual friend Sue had. Um, so I'm not at all surprised that uh, you're super organized on the calendar. Yeah, um, totally. And, and one of the things that you mentioned um, 
was was this intuition that you have uh, for like how long something will take and what are your priorities? And and one of the things that I love about you is how diverse your current portfolio is. And like, we'll, we'll get into all the things that yeah. you're working on. Um, and even just like listening to your podcast, you had people who are, uh, they're all entrepreneurs in their own right, in cannabis, in media. Um, you had one person in like export, import and fashion. And, mm-hmm. and what that shows me is like, you have this diverse skill set. And if you wanted to, I think you could do anything like Aww. professionally. Um, you could you could be a data scientist like me or you you can be in fashion what you're doing. And so the question is, given your ability to just, again, from my perspective, to do anything that you wanted to, um, how do you follow that intuition, that gut to pick the things that actually interest you, that motivate you? Yeah, that's such a great question. So for me, you know, I... I, I led with the intuition thing first in terms of how I stay organized, because, of course, I, I really fall at mercy with my calendar. But ultimately, you know, now, especially with 2020, you know, I, I, I have just come face to face with what my long term goals are. You know, I think I was always someone in New York that, you know, was just chasing after something that I don't think was my true passion. Like, not that it wasn't my true passion, but I think I was chasing um I, I i wasn't chasing the what i truly wanted and i think when i moved industries and moved to california i started to really recognize what how my lifetime experience um and my goals really just aligned with what i wanted to do on the on the daily you know and um after refining my goals especially this year with the slowdown and with time to myself reconnecting with my family even friends you know, people that really um, matter to me, it, 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 it really helps me understand and, ha- and make choices because now I know like, okay, if, if I do this, it's going to take this amount of time. And what am I going to get out of that? You know, like from client work, what am I going to learn here? And what challenges am I going to face that are going to help me with my long-term goals, you know? And, and I think for me, now that I know where where, what I want to do, like, what are like, you know, in 10 years, this is what I'm thinking. And I, and the thing is, I never really put these like years to it. Like, I don't think like, okay, it's going to take five years. I just think, oh my God, no, that's definitely something I want to do. And I just kind of have it in this, I'll write it down somewhere. Or I'll write it again somewhere in a digital notepad or something. And the more that I speak on it, the more that it becomes like real, real to me. And I feel um, that's how my intuition you know, leads me. Like, I think in every part of my career, I intuitively have made, I, you know, I feel the right choices, or even if they weren't the right ones, I was able to frame it in my mind and figure out what I was going to learn from it, that I was able to take to the next step. And, you know, I I, I think just knowing where I want to be, and then looking at what the opportunities are, and if they're not there, trying to seek them, you know, like I went into the cannabis space, there was a magazine that came out that felt like it was someone just created this, this, this publication that was like everything I could ever imagine about cannabis culture and the things I wanted to learn. And it had the humor and, and this is a magazine called Broccoli Magazine. So shout out to Broccoli Magazine. But, <laughs> um, you know, like all I kept thinking was like, oh my God, I can't wait to just like get this every you know, I think it comes out like four times a year, but I can't wait to get this. Maybe one day I'll be in it. And then 
you know, next thing you know, I, I, I meet the, I run into the editor and I just tell or the founder of it. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I enthusiastically and genuinely connected with her. And she just, you know, I was connected with her on Instagram too, as, um, as a follow-up to being, uh, meeting her on, uh, in person. And, you know, a few months later, then I was asked to be part of like the, the in real life experience that the magazine was creating last year. And then, you know, at the end of last year, I was in the, like, they did a recap. And then I had this like full page, like in the magazine, you know, so it's like all these things that you will ever think of and dream of. It's just, I just don't have fear around it anymore because um, in this, in the space of cannabis, I've just been able to really just identify like, Oh, maybe I want to do that. And then I just kind of keep talking to people and all of a sudden I, you know, I, then I sit with myself and think about, you know, how to get there. And all of a sudden things just happen. And, but I think, you know, with, with the timing of things and the intuition, you know, you also have to act fast. And so there's a lot of times where like, I don't, I try not to overthink. And I know we can all, everyone has those moments like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. And a lot of the time I've just been able to dive in head first. And I think the more that I've been able to do that in cannabis, the stronger I feel connected to my intuition. I know that sounds a little woo woo and stuff, but <laughs> it's just like, it has to be done, you know, cause if it's not going to be you, then someone else is going to take that opportunity. And I think as a child of immigrants, it's, you know, I've always been told in my fashion life, speed to market. And then the scarcity side of me is like, you better do it or else it's going to be somebody else. And, yeah. you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm a competitive person, but I know that I'm, I'm a person of the moment and I try to be as present in those choices and decisions as often as possible. I'm going to pack a few questions in together and you can answer any one of them or yeah. we, we can... Uh... We can see how it goes. You mentioned a lot of things like setting goals and, and taking time to understand what those are. And so one, I'd, I'd love to understand how you go about figuring out what those goals are. And you yeah. started talking about like five, 10, I think you said 10 year goals. Yeah. Um, but you also at the end there kind of talked about this, this, like this immediacy of like, you got to go for it. Um, scarcity mindset and also like speed to market. And, and so how do you balance that kind of go getter mentality with taking time to figure out what those long-term goals are. Um, like, do you have a check system where you say like, yeah, I want to move fast right now. Does it align to my long-term goals? That's such a good question. So for me and, you know, I, and I, I think like, we'll could probably talk about this more later, but something I learned right off the bat coming into the cannabis industry, that is something that was non really non-existent in the fashion industry um, was the sense of, collaboration and community, you know, like there's no way that I would have been able to get this far in such a short period of time if I didn't lean on other people, you know, people putting me on and me, you know, finding other people to work with and bring them in. And I swear by that, you know, and, and because there is such a strong sense of community coming from me and others that I work with and collaborate with, it's all of that working like has a lot to do with communication and, and really being able to just like be upfront and fast, you know, like, Hey, like if you're putting a team in place to do something within a four week turnaround, like that's a lot of organization sheets, checking in status updates, you know, all those like 
like logistical things, you know, that we that are not fun, not sexy to talk about. Like all those things are really the basis of all this, right? It, it's like when you started with organization, you know, like it's like, yeah, I could talk about intuition all day, but like really the calendar rules my <laughs> my life. It's not the night, you know, it's not sexy, but it's it's the truth. And I think ultimately when you are able to communicate that openly and freely, everyone knows the goal. You know, mm -hmm. like, so at the end of the day, right, I have this like holiday campaign. It's a 12 days of education um, because we didn't want to do like a gift guide. I was like, I'm tired of this 12 days of Christmas. Let's let's use the 12 day thing and let's educate people. Right. So in this one campaign, there are six human beings with expertise levels. And like, I don't want to waste your time if you you know, you have a million things to design. You have a million things to write in the blog, like all these like facets of just one campaign takes so many moving pieces, so many, um, you know, people's intentions and time. So just knowing that, you know, someone else is on the receiving end and you have to be open and like also know like, hey, is this going to happen or not? Like, you know, be realistic. Like that really helps me. Um, and I think in addition to that, it's it's like when you know what the end goal is, it's almost like you're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And like, you can't do whatever it takes. At least I can't do whatever it takes unless I know what, what I'm trying to achieve, if that makes sense, you know? So a lot of the time too, like if it's my personal goal, I feel like I have the foresight to look at, okay, well, what are the, how am I going to get there? Like, who do I need to meet? You know? And I start to really kind of in the back of my mind, pre, pre-plan or create this like outline, like, okay, well, if I'm trying to, you know, I, I want to like earlier this year, I had um a tr my first trade show experience, right? I nice. created, you know, all, I put all these brands together and I wanted to be a part of this trade show. And I had always known in my fashion career, like, okay, this, this trade show called Capsule is like my favorite one. Um, it would be a dream to be in there, you know, and it's like speak like again with the communicating thing, you know, even if I'm communicating it to myself, it makes it so much more real. And next thing you know, I started to think about, okay, well, who do I know that's there? Like, do I know anybody that's there? And then, you know, being able to do that research in the beginning and know like, okay, well, if I'm going to need to do this, I need to make these media contacts. I need to make these, I need to look for these type of people who have brands like this and honestly, those and keeping that in motion all the time, you know, like not also not ignoring the fact that like if those goals are something that I'm speaking on, like I, I, I see them, I know them, I can I'm happy to like express them like over and over and over again. You know, it's like when you're an entrepreneur, like you you have a brand story. Are you willing to say that story over and over again with pride and joy and and and, and know that like any moment that you talk about your brand, it's a moment for you to shine and like express it. And I feel the same way about my goals, you know, like I'm like, yeah, I'm going to open a store. Like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast or like, yeah, I'm going to interview that person, you know? And, and like, that sounds crazy, but the minute that you start doing it, it's like the people that really pay attention to you are like, Hey, by the way, I told, I thought that you said that you wanted to introduce this person. Like, let me introduce you to that and never losing sight of those moments and like taking them, taking up, taking people up on that, you know, like, I feel like I, I never say no to a meeting, <laughs> you know, and that's definitely one of those things too, where I just like, 
I kind of go, I go with my gut with these things and I don't hold on to anything too long unless mm. I really need to, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I wonder if that's part of like the, the goal setting process, like this, this idea of, um, you will it into existence. Like you think about yes. it and then you, you start the networking, you start the thinking and you iterate real fast. But then the, the, the thing you said at the end there, which is um, not something to the extent of like um, not wasting time or something like that. And so I wonder if that, that your, your natural, um, your natural motivation to, to, to explore things, to start networking right away, getting the information, does that help you refine your goals? Does it ever help you figure out, does it also ever help you figure out like, you know what, maybe this isn't actually a good goal. Maybe I yeah. should be doing something else. Yeah. 100% Tim. And, you know, as far as refining my goals, you know, and to go back to my calendar, it's funny because I'm like, you know, I never celebrate the organization, but like, clearly I have a practice and I just don't recognize it. So for my because I have a lot going on, you know, I have collaborations, I have client work, and then I have my personal goals. Um, I actually have reminders on my calendar for days that I don't take business calls there. I call them they're like, they're ongoing and recurring, um, like all day reminders, but it says like, like Friday is like a free thinking day. That's why like I could do something like this on Friday, because it's not gonna be <laughs> Yeah, it's not gonna be something that well, I need to get on like with a client and like review something with the CEO or, you know, I, I don't take business calls on um, on Friday unless I really, you know, unless it's someone that is like upper echelon and they're like they offer Friday. Like I almost always will be like, no, like, you know, uh, Tuesday's best or whatever. And I and, and then when I take calls, I take all calls in one day. So you'll see like my bookend days of Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's just like back to back to back. And it's screen, 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 you know? So, and then from, and then because this year I've had to maintain all of my meetings and these coffee dates and all that just online, it's like me being more aware of like, oh shoot, like my energy, like on zoom is like, like four hours max, you know? And it, cause it, it's a lot. And, and I know for me, I I'm energized by my own battery so like if I get really, you know, winded, I just can't, I know I like won't be able to deliver in the way that I, I could. And I, I, I have to be like really conscious of that because um, that's why people hire, you know, like, I think that that's why I'm in the room. That's why people hire me. So I have to really be, cause no one can really take care of that like organization of my schedule other than me. So it's, uh, it's really important for me to do that. But as far as organization and research, like, that's really what it is. You know, like if I, if I'm not kind of like, it's a big puzzle at the end of the day to get to one goal. And if I'm not seeing some of these pieces kind of mix in together, then I feel like I'm just problem solving to get to another place or another level in, in a different way. Like, it's just like, it's not that I'm destroying the puzzle and starting over. It's just like, well, how am I going to get to this point to the next one, you know? And then a lot of the time I'll position sometimes my client work to get to the, the personal goal. I'm like, okay, I need to learn about um, the retail climate. There's so many stores closing, so many businesses closing. And then I got an opportunity for, to be a, like, um, to manage like retail partnerships for a brand. And I was like, perfect. This is like real life information from people that are thriving in their business during this time. And I will have like direct contact to them to understand like what's working, what they're selling, what the experience looks like that ultimately define 
what my moves are going to be after the fact and understanding and learning, you know, how, um, how to change retail, you know, because I feel like that's the only way for me to learn is to do. And I, you know, it took me so long in my career to understand that. But I, um, I, I really, I really have to learn as, as I do things. And I think that's why my schedule's the way it is, because I'm like, I need to learn that. I don't know that. And I'm unafraid to say, I don't know, you know? So I, uh, I, I really, I really just lean into that because yeah. you'll never know everything. And then yeah. I kind of just, you know, I tell people that. So, and I, and I think that's why their, their willingness to collaborate, you know, and be open with me is, is something that I try to push myself to do too. Yeah. All you younger listeners out there, um, <laughs> listen to that. We, you don't have to know everything and it's yeah. also use that, use that as a strength. Um, and also learn about Geraldine's um, networking skills. And, uh, <laughs> so I want to shift gears just a, a little bit, um, but not so much because we've talked about it a lot already. I, I, I was really excited to talk to you because I don't know too much about the cannabis space. Um, and, there's so many ways that we can kind of go into this, but um, I want to start kind of specifically, which is when you mentioned that you met the the head of broccoli and you meant and you you said she, I immediately yes. thought like in my mind, I imagine it was going to be a dude because we're talking <laughs> about the cannabis space. And I remember, I think it was your podcast with Meredith. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Meryl. Meryl, okay, yes, sorry, Meryl. Yeah. I, Meryl. I really like the episode, but I just forgot the name. It was it was yeah, months no, ago at good. this point. Founder um, of Barberry, yeah. <laughs> And I think during that conversation, you'd mentioned that you know, it's it's a male dominated industry, and here you are, and like the first three people we talk about are Chair, Mayor, and uh, and the head of Broccoli. And so, like, what has that been like being someone, um, you know, who doesn't look like everyone else in the room? And then, of course, I want to talk about like the actual cannabis space itself. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm I'm excited to talk about this. So, you know, I I. Okay, so earlier I started off by talking about intuition, right? And I think like there's something that I've learned over the last few years being fully immersed in cannabis. And one thing was that the industry is so, um, well, it's, it's, it's just rich in opportunity, right? And the way that I got into it was because I leaned into like my 12 plus years experience as a merchandiser and a buyer. So my love for product and, you know, retail experiences and connecting brands has really been what has driven me um, in the cannabis space. Because in the cannabis industry, brands emerge, product emerge, you know, adjacent products to using cannabis emerge, experiences were created. And so um, with that said, you know, the intention around building things that have never been done before takes a lot of intuition, I think, you know, it takes a lot of like understanding culturally, you know, what is this ideal experience? And there isn't one ideal experience or product. And the cannabis industry has really taught me that. And I think because um, we're creating something from nothing. It's just women have had this opportunity in this industry to just do whatever they want to define. And it's unlike any other industry that there is because most of the other industries are just dominated by males. They're run by males. And while cannabis has a lot of white males coming into it that are in it, you know, trying to take over certain things, it's just quietly and not so quietly. There are women that are just doing things fast, um, well, and being consistent, you know, and I think 
just as a woman myself, you, you know, like, again, like we, we are so much more in tune with knowing we need support, you know, like a lot of the moms that I know, a lot of the women I know are moms as well. And, you know, knowing that they're taking care of humans, their family have this business, like they're not um, afraid of juggling a million things, you know, being clear and moving fast and moving forward, you know, moving on, moving forward. It's like one of my favorite quotes my friend has said. And, you know, I think that's what it is in the cannabis industry. Like women are willing to make those mistakes. They're willing to go to the bat. There's less I mean, there's tons of red tape everywhere, but at the same time, like there's just holes, there's things that are undefined. And I think women are great at finding those, those things, you know, and, um, that's really what's been helpful to me because just seeing my peers do what they do has helped me do more because either I can support them or they have like helped lead the way for me in different ways or put me on even. And, being able to have that autonomy and trust because there hasn't been anyone else before me, you know, has been really empowering and, and like almost limitless in a way, because in some capacity, I can just like, you know, over the summer, I, I, I visualized that I needed to work with a brand because I did my research. I was like, okay, I understand the competition in this space because I worked with it, but I also feel like there's so much I could offer this other brand. I did the research, the back end. I was like, okay, this is great. I feel like it aligns with me, you know? And then I just put it out in my social media. I was like, anyone have a contact to this brand? I'm looking to push my services there. And honestly, within an hour, the there was someone on their team that had been following my account. And she was like, it's me. You're looking for me. Like, <laughs> let's talk. And I was like, wow. Like, don't, I, I just feel like I, I don't, after that moment, I was like, wow, just don't underestimate who's might be paying attention, you know, because I, I ultimately, I always think it's just my homies following me and like, you know, I'm just doing stuff on there for fun. And then I forget like, okay, there's actually people that I haven't connected with that might be on there. And yeah, next thing you know, and, and that's, I work with them, work with them now. And it was such a, a great experience to kind of go through that motion of like, Hey, I need help. Like I don't have this contact. I don't know how to reach it, but I know someone in my network has. And between the woman on the actual team reaching out and another couple of people being like, Oh, I think I know who's there. <clears throat> Let me introduce you. And they all introduced me to that one woman who was already following me. So that's amazing. Yeah. So it's just one of those things, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like women are paying attention too, because they know also I might need your help. You know, like if, if we all look at like cannabis as like our child, you know, like our baby plant that we like <laughs> care for so much. It's like they all know, like it takes like a village, you know, like I know I've been, you, you know, like taken care of by like the village of neighbors and like aunts and uncles that took care of me as a child. And and I feel cause that's a cultural thing, I think, for us as Asians. And, you know, that's definitely something that I feel like I've brought into the cannabis space, too, is like knowing that like, hey, like, you know, connect these people, like you guys do it. And I just like, you know, let it let it happen. And most of the time, you know, people will take you up on that. But it's like, you know, being impeccable with your word in that way. And like those connections, like, it's the only way to really gain trust. But, you know, if, if I'm not doing that myself, then I don't, you know, how can I expect others? So it's like, you know, being able to do both of those at the same time is, is really important. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
from the outside, it seems like there's been more acceptance of the cannabis space in general, and even like with self psychedelics. Um, not asking you to speak on the psychedelics aspects of things, but where do you think that this shift is coming from? And, and like, it's not like smoking pot is new. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's. But, it's- but there's definitely, I feel like this shift, like New Jersey just uh, legalized it um, and there's more trends across the country. Um, you know, where, what would you attribute this to? Well, uh, you know, it's funny. I believe that cannabis is mainstream, right? It's just not, it, cannabis is mainstream because so many of us have been consuming for years, decades even, right? But what's not mainstream is being open about it Mm. now it's becoming mainstream now modern media like you know like mainstream media is telling stories about cannabis talking about cbd you know another like gateway into understanding cannabis and i think why it's become prevalent is um well one let's just state the obvious it's an industry so that means there's money around it right so i think with a lot of states going um legal I think they understand what kind of um, monetary value it will bring to the state, right? And then secondly, you know, there's a lot of issues going on in this world that have been plagued by pharmaceutical drugs, addiction, and there's this need for people to, you know, there's also this like chasing of awareness and the spirituality and wellness and understanding wellness at a core, you know, all this like, being able to even just during COVID, there was this article I read that was saying how so many people started to exercise more at home during Mm. this time, because it was a method of creating like natural endorphins. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even like people were like, I need a certain body. It was like, no, I need the energy, the endorphins to stay inside my house. And you know, even for me, like I took up yoga, I was doing this other workout and like I hadn't moved like that for years. You know, even though my my body was moving in all these different directions, like I don't think I was like intentionally taking those t- that time to like to sweat. But with that said, it's like, you know, people ultimately they they want to be in more in control of their lives. And I think whole plant medicine and even psychedelics, which I'm always happy to talk about, like all those things put you more in tune with yourself you know like you can't enjoy um and I I, I'm happy to like go on record about this but I truly believe you can't enjoy the benefits of using cannabis adult use cannabis or recreational as they say recreationally and get stoned if and I'm doing air quotes because I know this is a podcast but um you can't enjoy that unless you respect that the plant has medicinal purposes. It has healing purposes, you know? And I learned that, um, you know, as I became a marketer in the space and I thought that, okay, recreational cannabis is a thing. Like I'm going to California. It's like, I don't even talk about that. I don't even, excuse me. I don't even talk about the recreational side of things. I always talk. It's like, we have to lead with like, what really is this plant doing? You know, what is it helping ail? You know, we can't align it with the medical terms and things like that. But just being able to tell people like it soothes and relieves and, you know, that sort of thing like that. Those are all connected to this idea that, you know, each person needs to take control of their own health. And like our bodies are really meant to heal themselves. But 
with all these ex external forces and, you know, synthetic things, like, you only get further away from those things, right? But it's this idea of like growing your own herbs and, you know, using your cannabis, learning to dose yourself, knowing that dosing can start low. You know, cannabis consumption isn't about constantly being couch locked on um, your couch, you know, and being this idea of stoned. It's, it's, it's not that. It's, it's about being present. It's about taking control of your own body and being responsible for, for, you know, where you're at physically and mentally and, uh, and emotionally, you know, and, and I think that that's really where the dialogue is moving. That's really where, you know, this, this insight around cannabis and this opportunity that it has, it's supposed, it's supposed to drive that, you know, that creativity and, and, um, and, and the abundance that, you know, we already, we all are trying to seek and we want to, to have, whether it's like monetarily or not, or just in moments in life, you know, and, and I think that that's what these, you know, plant medicine, psychedelics, it's all, that's all for that, you know, it, it's to heal. Um, and, you know, I think like, that's why people are so curious, you know, that's why states are like, okay, well, we have a problem with addiction. Like, how are we, you know, that's why Oregon, you know, decriminalized all those, all those things. Um, because ultimately it's not for more, it's if they, if people have more access to those things and they can understand, like, you know, maybe I don't have to. Um, abuse it. And we really want to help people more than anything else, you know, and I, and I think there's a way to make that um, a successful business and, and to make money off of it. But, you know, I, I think, I think if, if for me, it's like getting, getting the knowledge out there and, and, and in the right place and for the people that need it the most, you know, is really important to me. So that's, that's, that's why I think it's important. It's why I think there needs to be more awareness. And I think, you know, in New Jersey in particular, it's great, you know, as our hometown, but I think there's a, there was a lot of, there's a lot of flaws there too, because, um, you know, there's people that, um, that are working to make sure that there are equity programs in, in the New Jersey, in the New Jersey cannabis laws and, and then to have them included in day, at day one, you know, like there's a lot of, um, cities that have been impacted by the war on drugs. And I think cannabis is totally the opportunity for us to create reparations and opportunity for those that have been negative, negatively affected. Because again, it's a plant, you know, and, it, and it's been bastardized and used to, to harm people that are, you know, black and brown. And it's, it's just, we need to really talk about the, the nasty parts of the, of, of the plant historically before we can actually begin to really accept it and then like and use it properly. So I'm definitely like, even just hearing you talk about it for the past few minutes, I'm definitely much more curious about that. And so mm -hmm. for me and others who are curious to learn more about the, um, the ugly history of it, and also it's really great potential in the future. Do you have any resources that you would suggest for someone like me or other people? Yeah, for sure. So there's, um, so there's an organization or a group called Caninclusive, and they really focus. It's C A N N A, and then inclusive, C L U S I V E. Um, they really focus on ensuring that the space is going to be inclusive, and um, they work across the nation, um, you know, with different equity groups, and they share a lot of really great tips. So even if you're just following them on Instagram, it's such like, an, uh, it's it's like it's almost like a news source. 
you can learn about brands, you can learn about the important topics, important news that's coming onto the mainstream. And then it'll connect you to different organizations as well, like where you can actually help and, um, and, uh, you know, and seek more inf information as well. So they're, they're good friends. And they're definitely people that I know have been tirelessly putting in work and, um, and across the nation. So wherever you are, um, it's always helpful to, to start there. And, you know, um, and then I think like, you know, then there's broccoli as well. You know, if you're interested in, they also do the same thing. They share really great stories, un uncover different stories that relate to cannabis and the history of cannabis and the culture um, and things that are just adjacent to it that are, that are, that are really interesting and cool. And, you know, and we all deep down are a bunch of nerds at the end of the day. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, so I think true. like, if you love cannabis, like there's an element of like, oh my God, you want to study, you know, the plant and, 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 and it's cannabinoids and cannabinoids are, you know, the, the things that people are referring to as the components of the cannabis plant, like CBD and THC. So just even learning about that stuff is like, the, we need scientists. We need so many different kinds of people to to get in to the to the space and to find interest. You know, because there's there's opportunity and um, you know, but a lot of it comes from awareness. You know, like there's the stigma is alive and well, and um, we just need people to to speak on it and and to be curious because it's the only way we can um, move everything forward and, and keep opening the doors for other people that, you know, are not just white and, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and trying to take over just, you know, from, from corporate money, but really have the intention to, to help and heal, you know, cause there's opportunity to, to make money that way too. And I'm a bit, I, I feel I am also a businesswoman, So I care about, about that too. Um, but you know, there's the social good element of it that, can exist. It's, it doesn't have to be an afterthought. It can be a foundational thing. And, you know, cannabis is the place to do it. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely multivariable there. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to completely shift gears here as yeah. we kind of, um, come to a close soon. Um, given uh, uh, like the current pandemic situation, um, I'd love <laughs> to just hear like, what are you binging these days? What are you reading? Uh, what are you watching on TV or other podcasts that you're uh, consuming? Yeah. So, um, as far as what I'm reading, you know, broccoli mag has this, um, online, uh, business report called the broccoli report, which is written by Lauren Yoshiko. Um, and she puts together, you know, this, it's a, it's a twice weekly, um, newsletter that you can find on Substack. And if you pay for it, you can get Fridays. They have like a more in-depth story um, that she puts together and, and some are investigative reports and some are just like what people are doing in the space that is interesting and creative. And, and it's cool because, and because it's under the broccoli umbrella, there's always this element of fun and creativity that is shared, but in, but cross-sected with, with business. So it's really great for someone like me because it helps me, um, you know, kind of not lose sight of the the fun elements that I know I want to keep in like in the way that I work. And so I love reading that. And I probably will binge all the the issues that I because I just got gifted the subscription. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to do that over the next over the break. Um, and then as far as what I'm listening to, you know, I I love selection. So selection, um, you know, they have um 
they they existed as like a kind of like their own radio station and then apple music brought them on so every sunday there's like a new episode on apple music radio and it's like you know anywhere from a two to three hour mix and because i work from home i just stack like a bunch that are my favorites and they've have like almost up to like 400 episodes at this point but they're so good it's a mix of you know a little bit of like um like house with soul and oldies and you know light electronic music but like you know really really just like great for great for all day all day all day listening I, i'm an, yeah, yeah. i need to find music that is good for all day listening uh and you know, every now and then we won't. I like to turn it up, but <laughs> I'm also binging. Um, not I. I have on repeat Meg the Stallion. You know, for all that like inner female energy that I need to tap into. And so when I need to get hype, that 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 album just came out. So I really like the good news. And then as far as, and then as far as um, what I'm what else reading, listening to, and watching. Um, I just finished watching over thanksgiving the undoing oh so- we just finished that <laughs> and uh you know my friend she over thanksgiving she was like you gotta watch this the season finale is this sunday and i was like okay because i hate anticipating it i'm like mm-hmm. i'm just not that kind of a tv watcher i don't you gotta really watch, watch it all in one go so i was like fine i'm gonna watch it all and then i was like ready for it that sunday and i i you know I- i'm a big fan of nicole kidman as this like this wife that you know just always ends up with the wrong man (laughs) yeah yeah um my wife and i were saying that it's like a mix between what is that show that she just uh uh, big Big little Little lies big little lies and also um what's the show with riz ahmed oh the night of oh the night of i feel like it was a mix of those two and and, and in the best ways by the way yeah i I really enjoyed that yeah, I binged that and I was highly entertained and I loved like, you know, all the postmortem like talk about like what people were mad in this, yeah. you know, about it. And I was just like, I knew it. I I just yeah. had this feeling. But, you know, that. Yeah. So. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jer, I, I love talking to you. I, I love you Aww. as a friend, as a person, just love watching you everything that you're doing. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, is there any last words you want to leave with us? Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't think I mentioned, you know, I am the founder of uh, my consulting platform called Art and Times of Chill. And if you're looking for any information on brands and products and, you know, just who's in my community, you know, people that are in my community, please follow me. And under my consulting umbrella, I also have a podcast called Amplifier Chill. It's Very all good, about... By the way. Oh, thanks. It's all about examining, uh, you know, uh, exploring all the ways we make chill, which I define chill as your positive well-being. I love talking about how people, you know, live intentionally, how they, you know, maintain their excellence and how they manage all their disruptions in their day. And the first season is about New Yorkers. And uh, yeah, it's available on all streaming platforms. And yeah, thank you so much for having me, Tim. This was so fun. Thank you for having me talk about, you know, all the things that I care about. And I'm excited to uh, listen in on more. So <laughs> yeah, and and just even with like your closing words there, like there's so much that I didn't get a chance to talk to. So I really yeah, hope you get a chance to do a round two. And for all the listeners, we'll, we'll link to everything that you're, uh, you're up to and all the other things you talked about like can inclusive uh, in the show notes. So thank yeah. you so much, Jer. Yeah, and of course. We'll, we'll again. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, 
please subscribe, review, or share with friends. This podcast is made for and with friends. If you know someone who has an interesting story to tell, including yourself, please check the show notes for ways to reach out. Until next time.